Hello there, and welcome to Odessa First Assembly's weekly podcast, where we bring you the heart of our Sunday message. I'm Tony, your host and the face behind our digital ministry. We're excited to dive into today's sermon, exploring the Word of God together. So grab your coffee, find a comfy spot, and let's embark on this journey of faith. Without further ado, here's this week's sermon. You're doing that. Uh, just a few things I want to emphasize. And um, one is, uh, as you heard on the video announcements, our Bible reading plan. And uh, what you find on the information desk are two cards. Uh, one looks like this and one like this. And so what this is, this is a challenge in September to read through the entire New Testament in the month of September. And also to take your Bible, your actual physical Bible, everywhere you go, whether it be work or um, school or wherever that may be. And, uh, and, and it's, it's really fun to do, but also, to, you know, just take a picture, a selfie or something and post it on our social media. And uh, it's just a great way. Um, one is to remind people to read their Bible, but two, you, your life will be changed. It is not an easy thing um, to take up to read the New Testament in 30 days, but it can be done. We've done this in years past, and so that's all the scriptures laid out on this card. And also, but if on this one, what you do, the main reason I want you to fill out this card is because it asks you to write somebody's name that you're going to pray for, that you're going to start up some kind of conversation about Jesus and invite them to church. And so if you, would, if you want us to help you pray for that name, you can turn the card in. You don't necessarily have to. You can keep it and put it on your refrigerator or mirror or Bible or whatever. And so take these with you today. That starts September 1st. And so keep that in mind. Also, just to remind you to stay faithful uh, in your giving. You can give in the boxes in the back or, of course, online. Summers are always kind of that, that, that dip month, and we kind of look forward to September coming around for numbers and, and things to kind of swing upward. Um, but I know it's, I really hope that our time frame will be a lot sooner than what it's been, um, but there are some things happening. And one is this week, our new carpet and new chairs will be ordered. You gotta be kidding me. Y'all not gonna shout over that? Where are you? Where are you guys at? Oh my goodness. And so carpet will be ordered, chairs will be ordered, and our new sanctuary lighting will be ordered. And so we're pretty excited over that. So remember your faith promise that you gave to the um, build our house fund and to see this take place and happen. Um, hopefully within the next month, we're going to see every um, exterior door uh, metal doors, like there's one out here to the alley and some up by the, the kitchen and upstairs that are really safety hazards. They're very old. They don't operate um, appropriately. And so all those are going to be changed out. And uh, so excited to see what's happening. And hopefully uh, we'll see some changes in here pretty soon. Are you excited about that? Okay. You're awake. I thought, oh, man, we're going to have to give out espresso shots. Goodness. So, coffee and Jesus. Acts chapter 2, I'm concluding the series this morning on uh, the Spirit-Filled Church. And I want to share just for a few moments about just what it means to live life together, living together as a community of believers. I'm going to tell you, I think that there are two things um, really uh, that... Uh, uh, 
that the church needs, that the body of Christ needs. And this is one of them, this understanding of, of what it means. The other one is to be really outward about our faith and, of course, sharing our faith and witnessing. But we really need to learn how to do life together. To be a community of believers is, is so critical and so important. And we're going to read a verse in Acts chapter 2. We're going to read another verse actually in um, 1 Corinthians 12. And you can maybe put your, you know, your, if you're in your treat, in your, your actual Bible, your Dumaflachis, you know, the bookmarks. You can put that in 1 Corinthians and we'll get there in a second. But let's pray before we start. Father, we thank you for this morning and just your work in this house. Lord, and just a few moments ago, as we were just praying for healing, Lord, I pray that you seal that work with your Holy Spirit. Lord, so many responded, so many physical needs, so many needs in our minds and our hearts, our families, Lord. We just pray for a breakthrough. Lord, I believe every time that we come together in this house, Lord, your word says where two or three are gathered, you're in the midst. If we agree on any one thing, it shall be done. So we know there's always a miracle in the house waiting. And I pray that today be the day for that miracle. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. You know, I've been, I've been part of church a long time. Some of you may have been part of church a long time. Uh, matter of fact, yesterday, uh, I, I just came across Facebook and I knew that uh, Ken, uh, at some point in his life, was, went to church in Jal, New Mexico, the metropolis there. And I just happened to see somebody's Facebook page and uh, I sent it to Ken and Vicky and uh, and apparently and Ken was in that picture and that's what I was hoping for as a little boy in that picture in his little white suit and I'll have to post it on our Facebook page so you guys can see it and I'll circle him but uh, uh, you know some of us may be in church in a while and it, it's always interesting to me that when the Lord's working the Lord's moving the Lord's stirring it's really hard to get you guys out of here And, and, and that's an okay thing. That's a good thing. I mean, sometimes, you know, after, you know, we hit about one o'clock, I'm like, okay, let's start flashing lights in the foyer. It's okay. You can, you can do this at a restaurant, you know. And, but those are special moments. And, and really, as a church body and as a group of believers, we need those moments. We need those moments when the check is paid, but you stay longer and and, and visit and, and have that fellowship together. It's important when, when we gather together and have those moments and, and it's so vital and important in the body of Christ. And we have, we have worked hard to create that atmosphere where people of all kinds of backgrounds, all different cultures and races, maybe even people that normally outside these walls you would never connect with, but you're able to inside this sanctuary, inside of this house and create a close relationship. And that is, that is a spiritual act that is biblical. And even coming now, coming in the fall, we're relaunching some of our connect groups. And you're going to see the, on the screen, and this is so important because it's part of who we are and how you connect. And as we go through this message, it'll make sense of how important it is to plug in somewhere. On Monday nights, we have the Atkins Home Group. They meet at their house, 49 Augustine Court, and we can get you that information. It's something that happens in a home. It's a, just a group of, of those in our church and, and going through the Bible and going through life together. On Monday nights also, our youth will be having their Connect Night. 
And they'll be meeting together. That's starting. The Atkins group is already going right now. Matter of fact, you can jump in at any time. It's an open invitation. The youth start on Monday, um, uh, September, Monday, September 11th, but also September 6th, kind of now jumping back to our men's and women's group. And so starting um, Wednesday, September 6th, we'll have our men's and women's connect group taking place again this Wednesday. We'll be, uh, uh, we close off our psalm study, and then the August 30th is our night of worship, but the, then the next Wednesday is when we're launching our men's and women's connect group, and then uh, September 7th, Living Free starts back. And so Tony, I actually will be talking, uh, I have a window next week talking about that, what's going to be happening with Living Free and we need more groups. We, we need more to happen. We need another home group to take place. But all of these take place for you to connect somewhere. You need more than Sunday morning. You need more than this moment. And that's, but that's why, that's why we have these, we, we have our all church connect nights. Usually they happen in, uh, in May and September. We have our connect groups. We have, and we, and we do things throughout the year. We have our all church Thanksgiving meal. Amen. I'm already thinking about that. It's one of my favorite times that we get together. I love turkey and dressing. I love the Thanksgiving. It also means hunting season, but I love Thanksgiving. And we, it's uh, those moments we get together, we have Christmas parties. We, we have times designated to get together as a body of believers. But I'm going to tell you, in our culture, if there's an issue in our culture, is superficiality. That, that, that's an issue with us today. It's a disease of our time, shallow friendships, fragile friendships. It's really a mark of our society. And it's astounding to realize we live in one of the most connected times of history, but yet we suffer with loneliness. And that's really the truth of it. I mean, we have access to the world through the internet, through social media, and, and all of those ways and all those connections, but yet loneliness is on the rise. It is skyrocketing. And we, as a sign, matter of fact, God created us to do life in community. God created us to do life together. He did not create you, and I know even really, I mean, there's, there's some people, and you're extroverts, if you're an extrovert in the house, Raise your hand. Yeah, Brittany, well, I mean, that, that's an extrovert right there. Come on, really raise your hand. If you are shy to raise your hand, you're not an extrovert. I'm just going to tell you that if you're an introvert, raise your hand. That, that's me. I mean, I know we're all wired different, but whether or not that your personality is out loud or you're more reserved, you were created to do community and life together. To do life together. I mean, there's so many times. I mean, uh, you know, Angela, I, I get dragged a lot of places that I don't want to go. <laughs> I do. I, you know, district council or general council. Um, it's you, you know, we have this, you know, all the alumni of all these colleges, you know, usually have their luncheon and get together. And so for years, I mean, I've, and I, I'm, a, I'm an alum of Southwestern. I was disinsaid, but I, I'm, I'm still an alum. And so Angela would drag me to these alumni meetings and lunches and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know a soul. I don't care to meet a soul. I'm just ready to get this over with. I mean, that, that's a little bit the way, way that I'm wired, but I understand the importance as the body of Christ that we come together. 
And the reality is, is that too many believers are doing life alone and you are doing something that you weren't created to do when you do that. And so when you look at Acts chapter two and verse 42, we've been looking through this series. We've been referring to this. I want to read this verse again. Acts 2:42. all the believers devoted themselves, the apostles teaching and to fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. And to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Now, if you're wired like me, I mean, when I read this, that kind of always kind of throws me for a little bit of a, a what? I mean, I thought fellowship was eating together. But here there's a, a, a separation of fellowship and sharing meals together, which also includes the Lord's Supper. I mean, what you have to understand is, is that they did not, the first century church, in Acts chapter 2, they didn't have an occasional connect night. They didn't have an occasional fellowship. They didn't have an occasional fellowship meal as in verb of fellowshipping. Actually, when you look at this verse, what you understand is, is that they were the fellowship. It is a noun, not a verb. And it was marked by sharing life together in the fellowship. They were devoted to each other. They were being woven together in a mutual care. It involved daily material, food, fellowship, the Lord's Supper, learning together, being together, being discipled together. The early church experienced daily life together in Jesus. And that is how, that is what constituted fellowship. And so if we look back at the first century church, when all of this started, how did the gospel go around the world like it went around? It's because they lived life together completely. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14, remember I told you, put your dumaflachi there. 1 Corinthians 12, 14, yes, the body has many different parts. Not just one part. If the foot says I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear says I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, I mean really visualize that, if the whole body were an eye, that would look like Monsters, Inc., some of you are with me. How would you hear? Or if your whole body was an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts. Listen, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. I can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And that's the way God has created us to be the body of Christ. Listen to something John Wesley said. There is nothing more unchristian than a solitary Christian. There is nothing more unchristian than a solitary Christian. When we're talking about fellowship, I'm, we're talking more than just exchanging pleasantries. We're talking about more than just over a cup of coffee saying, how you doing, how you doing, great, great, good, good. It, expand, it, it expands beyond just getting together in, in those moments. It, it, it's more than just staying a little bit later after church on a Sunday morning. It, it's a little bit more than just enjoying a game night every once in a while. Listen, they did not, the first century church, they considered nothing their own. 
Listen to me. The first century church considered nothing their own. Matter of fact, scripture tells us that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. And it goes on to even say that, no, you are not your own. Who's our? We, we belong to the Lord Jesus. And when you belong to Jesus, everything you are, everything you have belongs to Jesus. And so when we, it's more than just getting together every once in a while or on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night. If we read the New Testament right, as followers of Christ, we are members of Christ's body and we belong to each other. We cannot intentionally follow Jesus solo. There is no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian. When we fail to connect with each other, we really fail to connect with Jesus. I'm gonna say that again. When we fail to connect with one another, we fail to connect with Jesus. John 13, 34, so now I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other. This is, I love you, this is Jesus talking. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. There's a high commitment level when you look through scripture of our devotion of fellowship to one another. And I know, I usually share kind of this, uh, something along this lines, usually about once a year, and I have for several years, but I'm gonna share it again this morning because I believe this is so important. And matter of fact, I would encourage you before September 1st, because you're not really have much time to read anything else in your Bible after September 1st, but to go through these scriptures, they're in your notes, they're, they're on our online notes, but I mean, I, I wanna read through them very quickly, just some segments that scripture talks to us. Outdo one another in showing honor. This is all about our relationship with one another, having life to the, doing being believers, being the family of God. Outdo one another in showing honor. Live in harmony with one another. Admonish one another. Encourage, you know, strengthen. Greet one another with a holy kiss. We need to see more of that. I'm going to see Tony give Daniel a holy kiss. Wait for one another. There's sometimes I get out of the truck or car, you know, and I'm going to start walking, and, and, and I hear Angela, would you wait for me? Uh, that's not necessarily what this scripture means, but it's to serve one another, have the same care for one another, as much as care you have for some. I mean, think of someone right now that you're very close to in this church family, and the care you have for them is the same care maybe should be for someone you barely know their name. Comfort one another. I'll have the same care. Be servants of one another. Bear one another's burdens. Don't let them carry it alone. Comfort one another. Build one another up. Be at peace with one another. Do good to one another. Put up with one another. Yes, even in the family of God, it's just like the family at home, you've got to put up with each other. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Submit to one another. Forgive one another. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another. Love one another from the heart. Be hospitable to one another. Meet one another with humility. And so I, I, I want you to process that. Matter of fact, even right now, that's your homework for this week is to go through those verses and to read them. So what does it take to, do, to live, to be community, to come together as the body of Christ? Number one is this, is time. It 
takes time and it's not always convenient. You know, it's easy to spend time with those that you love. It's easy to spend time with those you have a lot of things of common with. It's easy to spend time with somebody who is like you. Matter of fact, anytime anybody comes to a church or a group, they always look for people like them. But listen to me, it's going to take a time commitment, and it's not easy. It's not easy. And even in our day and time, it's just like we're, we're so much busier than we've ever been. And, and maybe we're, we're too busy with a lot of stuff we shouldn't be busy with. And we could set those things aside to be able to invest time in one another. Listen. Fellowship should be diverse because the church should be diverse. And the reason why I say that is because as the church, we should be able to make authentic friendships with those that we don't have anything in common with except for Jesus. Jesus should be enough. Jesus should be enough. Time is important. Time. Listen, when we go through all those one another's we just read, what, you know, more than a dozen of them, what, it, it takes time to fulfill the biblical one another. We have to invest that time in each other. It's impossible to fulfill the list, the one another list, without time. Without time. One of the scriptures, one of those one another's we read was Ephesians 4 2. It said, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient. Everybody say patient. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. I mean, really process that verse, just that verse, just for a minute. I mean, we get really good at judging others by their actions and ourselves by our intentions. Not very amen on that one. And so, but what are we to do? Make allowances for each other's faults because of your love. That works in marriage. That works in family. That works in church family. We have to make allowances for one another's faults, but it takes time to even experience one another's faults. Are you following me? Colossians 3.13, make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you and so you must forgive others. When you spend time together, eventually there's going to be hurt feelings. I mean, and, and, and many times even when you spend time together, you know, that, that closeness, that, that proximity that, that you spend together, it will sometimes even uh, uh, create a, a, an indifference as you get to know somebody because maybe you had a very high expectation of who they were. But listen to me, you're still to forgive, you're still to love, and you make allowances for those faults. It takes time to do life together. It takes time. And I want, the, the, the next thing I want to talk about, just for time, I'm trying to, no pun intended, to kind of skip forward a little bit, uh, is space. The next thing is space. Make sure I'm not skipping anything. I, yeah. Space. This, 
doesn't necessarily mean that we're all living together in one roof. I, you know, I, I, everybody dreams, right? Everybody's supposed to dream. I, you know, I'm one of those that I rarely ever remember my dream, but I, I, I sleep with a CPAP. I have sleep apnea and uh, I always know when my mask kind of gets contorted or something because I will remember my dream then because they are always weird. And I mean, it can only be because of lack of oxygen, right? I mean, I, I mean, it's just, I mean, they get, like I have to, I'll wake, I'll wake up sometimes, I'm like, after, okay, was that a dream? Okay, I'm in, okay, that was a dream. Kind of got to settle myself down. I mean, one of those dreams I had, it was so, because it's reoccurring. And I, I, I've gotten to a place, I'm like, Lord, don't let this be so. I, I, I just let the rapture happen. But it was kind of a dystopian kind of dream where it's like the crater of the world and there's zombies walking around. And so we all got together and hold up inside the church and we're trying to survive. I was like, you know, that could be a movie too. <laughs> but it's not just talking about space or being all together in one place, but it's about just living life in proximity of each other in each other's lives. We make space for each other. And remember, it's easy to, maybe you have a, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a group of friends that, you know, that you're, you do things outside the church. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm, what I'm trying to remind you of is the importance of us spending community together and time together. Matthew 10, 25, right? We know this verse. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now the day of his return is drawing near. And I love verse 24. And I, I know I do this sometimes. I kind of, you know, read the later verse and then, but I want to look at the previous verse. So let us not neglect meeting together. But verse 24 is, I love it because it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. I mean, th let us brainstorm and think about and dream about how we can help each other grow. It's good. It's good. Living life together can only be fulfilled if we live life together. Being under, uh, because God's word, it, we, we know that uh, it's God's truth for today. It will not return void. We need the preaching. We need the worship. We, we need the teaching of God's word. But sometimes we just need time and space together. Just to be together. When you look at Acts 2, I, I want to read Acts 2.42. And then I'm going to read Acts 44 through, through 45. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property possessions and shared the money with those in need. That was 44 and 45, verse 42. And all the believers devoted themselves to apostles' teaching, fellowship, sharing of meal, Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And the word, the, the Greek word for fellowship actually means the sharing of everything. The sharing of everything. Listen. That weight that you're carrying, you were never meant to carry alone. That weakness that you're trying to hide, you were never meant to hide it from your fellow believers. 
I want to get real with you just for a moment. I know that it's scary because it's such, it's human nature, right? I mean, like I remember back growing up, you know, preachers would kind of preach along this thing. And, you know, we, back in the day, we had the, the prayer line. You may remember the, the prayer lines that we have. And, and I hear a lot of preachers kind of poke at that and say, it's not the gossip line, it's the prayer line. Right. And, I, you know, there's a, we may have different methods, but some things haven't changed. And I know gossip tends to and, and because of gossip and maybe we've experienced being gossiped about, it kind of makes us hesitant to let that guard down and, and have people involved in our life. I understand that that's a reality and, and that's a risk that we take. But I'm going to tell you. The maturing, growing believers in this church will always be in your corner. And I'm going to say something very direct and very, very uh, uh, black and white prophetic. As a growing believer knows how to keep their mouth shut. They know how to keep their mouth shut. The Proverbs talks about how gossip are those, those chewy, juicy morsels that we like to take part of. None of us are immune to it. So don't even go there. Don't even go there. That, I don't even know where I'm at. That was all just from the hip. Sorry. Where are we at? We were, we were on, we're, we were on um, space. The next thing is resources. And we see in Acts 2.44 and Acts 2.42 the sharing of all the resources. Philippians 4.14 through 19. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. This is Paul writing to the church of Philippi, the Philippians. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. You know what? I want to be that church. This is, a, this is a rabbit trail. But man, I would love to be that church that missionaries can say, you know what? You're the church that helped me. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want to give for you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all that I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me by Epaphroditus. They are sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this is the same God who takes care of me, will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Don't we love that promise? I mean, we really do. We, we talk about that one sentence so much, and God will supply all of our needs. But you understand when you read this passage, what it's connected to. When Paul is saying to them, you know what, God's going to provide for you. Because when you read this and you read the whole thing in context, you realize that the church of Philippi sacrificially gave to Paul for his ministry. And even they even wanted to give more, but weren't able to. And Paul said, because of your heart, because of your faithfulness and the seed that you sowed, may God supply you. Are you following me? You just can't take that, oh, God's going to supply everything for me without the act of giving of your resources. Y'all got really quiet right then, didn't you? 
I mean, money and business matters. I know they're one thing or homes or another, but we cannot forget what it means to give to one another. And it, it is financially. And I, you know, I, I know I joke about this and, and kind of in a facetious way that when you look at what it means to give in the New Testament, that what the church in Acts 2 did is that these people were selling everything they had and then sharing with everybody. And I, I kind of say, you know, how does that translate to modern day? Well, it's like, you know, you have four cars and there's somebody that needs one. And so you give them a car. I mean, if we were to be literal in the sense of what that looks like, that's what it would look like. And I listen, I, <laughs> I, I believe if you ever want to step into that realm, I, I do believe you need to hear from the Lord. You want to be obedient to the Lord. But that's not necessarily what I'm suggesting here. What I'm saying is maybe we could do more than what we're doing right now. Maybe we could do more than what we're doing right now. And the last thing is this. As we live life together, we want to live a life of accountability. You can't have accountability unless you are in a group, a family, a community of believers. Life together not only means building each other up, but listen to me very carefully. Living life together doesn't mean just encouraging one another, building each other up, exhorting one another, but it also means letting each other down. It means letting each other down. Because you know what, I'm, I'm gonna mess up. And I'm going to make mistakes, and you're going to mess up, and you're going to make mistakes. But part of our growth in Jesus is being to hold godly accountability to one another. 1 John 4 says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Anyone who does not, does not, does not love does not know God, for God is love. Part of that living out the love of God is knowing that I am a safe place for you and that you are a safe place for me and that we can have iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another, that we can speak life into each other's lives. Amen. This love means having joy together. It means being annoyed together. It is out of the question. Listen, when you, I want you to think about something really quickly with me. Is anybody familiar with 1 Corinthians chapter 13? Do you remember 1 Corinthians chapter 13? What, what do we consider 1 Corinthians chapter 13? That's the, that's the love chapter, right? And so what do we do with the love chapter? We talk a lot about the love chapter and relationships and marriages, but I want to present something to you, maybe the way you've never thought about it before. So I, I don't know if you know this, but... But 1 Corinthians 13, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be extremely theological right now, okay? So just follow along. with this. I know, listen, I, this may be difficult, but I want you to track with me, okay? 1 Corinthians 13 lies right in between 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Did you know that? <laughs> I, that's deep stuff, isn't it? So what, what's the importance of that? 1 Corinthians 12, you know what it's talking about? It's talking about the order of worship in church, the gifts of the Spirit, the operation of the Holy Spirit in a church body and a church worship service. Do you know what 1 Corinthians 14 is about? 
It's about how the gifts operate in the church with apostles and prophets and teachers and how they speak, to, how they help one another and what it does, how it builds up the church and builds up each other. Isn't it interesting? The love chapter is right in between those. Are you tracking with me now? I mean, the first sentence in 1 Corinthians 13, doesn't it say something like, I can, man, I can have the tongues and speak truth of angels, but if I don't love, then what? I'm nothing but a noisy gong. So listen, you can be as anointed as you think you are from high heaven, but if you don't know how to have a relationship with one another, if you don't know how to love one another, it doesn't matter how gifted that you are. It is more important to love than to put your giftings on display. We got too many people in the church that want to be in the light versus being the light. And what we need is to come together and be community together, love one another, be accountable to one another, give time to one another, give space to one another, give resources to one another, and then we are a healthy body of Christ. So the scripture tells us there must never be talk, either in open, you can go through the Proverbs, you can go, I, I wish I could just take Ephesians 4 and just read it. But listen, this is one of your blanks. There never, never, there must never be talk either in open remarks or by insinuation against another, against their individual characteristics. Under no circumstance does this happen behind somebody's back. I, I know that it's a, it, it, it's a difficult habit and life trait to break if you get in that mode. I actually have known people. I've known people. I, I remember when I, I experienced it with this guy. And, I, I, and I've seen him do it to others. And it was a long time ago. But I remember I started to say something negative about somebody. And I mean, like before I even got it out, I mean, he put his hand up and he said, stop. Don't want to hear it. I was like, well, you, I'm going to go talk to you about some, to somebody else. That's what I'm Right, you know the old adage, if somebody talks bad to you about somebody, then they're going to talk to somebody bad about you. Listen, as a body of believers, one of those verses in 1 Corinthians 13, you know what else it says? It says, keep no records of wrong. It says, keep no records of wrong. We have to live a life of forgiveness. You know what? As we go through this life together, you're going to get hurt. I'm going to get hurt. Somebody's going to get hurt, offended. Those things are going to happen. But what do we do? We keep no records are wrong. We forgive and we love. I want to close with one verse. Psalms 133. And before I read this, I... You know, the, the fine, you know, there's always fine print to things that are delivered and things that are preached. And by no means am I suggesting, listen, I know that there are extremely emotionally unhealthy people. And there's extremely unhealthy spiritual people. There's people that abuse their positions. There's people that abuse their relationships. I mean, please understand, I, I'm not, you know, that's always the fine print, right? I'm not telling you, I mean, to, to get locked into, you know, some kind of negative codependent relationship or, 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 or anything like that. I'm talking about a, what it means to be a healthy body of Christ. 
In Psalm 133.1, it says this, how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live in harmony together. I grew up, um, I, have, I have two sisters. They're both older than me. Uh, matter of fact, my, uh, my oldest sister, my big sister, she was, I was probably in kindergarten when she was out of the house. My, my middle sister, um, I, was, I was probably just coming, I was like fifth, sixth grade when she was out of the house. And so I spent all through junior high and high school um, pretty much, you know, as a only child, so to speak. And so there's a lot about brother-sister relationships. I don't have a, I don't have a perspective when siblings are, are close together. And so I know I've shared about this before, but kind of our kids is the first time of me experiencing that. And there's some times that, uh, man, we'll go on trips or, you know, maybe the first couple of days of vacation. And I, I mean, sometimes I'm just like, I have failed as a parent. My kids hate each other's guts. What did I do wrong? And then Angela's like, oh, it's normal. <laughs> That's just normal. That's the way it's supposed to be. But you know, when, when there's that strife and this, that nitpicking and, and backbiting and, and just no grace and no mercy, I'll tell you what, it sucks the life out of an atmosphere. But see, you can be a part of making the difference. You can be a part of making the difference. Right, and I could go through all the different adages. You know, one that just comes, pops in my head is, you know, there's always both sides and then the truth. You know, anybody that steps in through my doors and, and you know, they want to talk with me about marriage or whatever, some kind of relationship, and, and I know, I, I mean, I fully understand that I'm getting one side of the story and there's always another side of the story and usually the truth is somewhere right there in the middle because we all operate in our own perception of things. Am I, am I helping you this morning? I'm just trying to remind you what it means. How do we live life? To, how do we experience that love for one another? How do, how do we do this? A whole lot of grace, a whole lot of mercy, and a whole lot of remembering of where you came from. When I remember the, what I've come out of in life, I'm able to have a whole lot more grace and those that are there now. And those that are there now. Would you stand with me this morning? Thanks for joining us on this week's podcast. Be sure to tune in next time for more inspirational messages. Connect with us on social media at Odessa First AG. And if you'd like to support our ministry, visit odessafirstassembly.com forward slash giving. Until next time, stay blessed.